What's up, guys? Welcome to Meme Lord Monday. I'm your host, Matt Matias, your Meme Lord for the Lord. And on this show, I like to discuss life and theology for people who grew up in the church. This show was recorded live in front of my followers on Facebook. And on this episode, I'm going to be discussing whether or not prophecy, as the charismatic circles within Christianity have understood it, can be false. Can it be false or does it always need to be accurate? And this is actually a debate within Christianity that people are not sure where to land on. So on this show, I shared some of my views about it, and you guys shared some of your views about it, and we had a really great time. Yo! I know y'all like that. I know y'all love that. I wanted to talk about... My experience with spiritual gifts, as far as like me growing up Pentecostal, me growing up and, and, you know, in the assemblies of God, me basically living like what 60% of my life in Pentecostal circles. Uh, and now I'm reformed. I'm like on the opposite end of the spectrum. I am a cessationist, I'm a Calvinist. And I, um, I like, I don't disdain my time in the Pentecostal world. I don't hate it. I don't hate that time. It was a learning experience for me. I learned a lot from my Pentecostal brothers and sisters. But, I mean, there's a reason that I don't agree with it anymore. And so I want to talk about it a little bit, and I want to I want to approach the topic of whether or not prophecy can be false or not. If somebody can tell a prophecy over someone, or somebody can do a prophetic thing, and that thing be wrong. Uh, yeah, basically that. Now, I'm going to need... Um, tell me what you guys think. What do you think in the comments? Can you... Yes, prophecy can be, can be false. Oh, snap, Ian. That's very interesting. I'm curious to see why, why you believe that. I don't feel as though it can be. Uh, but I'm open to, you know, I'm open to the fact that it, it, may, it may be. The arguments that I've heard so far, they just don't seem very convincing to me. Maybe I haven't heard a good argument. And I want to be unbiased. I really, like I said, I, I'm not, I am where I'm at, um, but I'm open uh, to, to thinking differently and, and hearing good arguments. So I have a video that I posted on Instagram and TikTok. Some videos I post on Instagram, only on Instagram and TikTok. So if you're following here on Facebook, um, there's some videos that you'll miss out on if you're not following on those platforms which I'm sorry, I just, you know, it's hard to post like five times the same exact thing because I'm also trying to post on YouTube as well. Um, but anyways, here's the video. I might have to like pause it and resize it. Uh, but here's the video that I posted. If someone is giving you a word from the Lord or a prophecy, can it be wrong? My homies down at Remnant Radio think, yes, it's possible. And I wouldn't say he made a mistake as much as it is. He heard the word of the Lord and did not know how to apply it. A good example would be, I believe it's First Samuel chapter 3, where Samuel hears the word of the Lord calling him, and he goes to his father Eli. And Eli goes, hey, go back to bed. And this process repeats three different times. There was a word that came to Samuel that he heard, and it was God, but he interpreted that word incorrectly. But what if that incorrect prophecy actually damages the person that it's given to? Just like in the situation that my buddy Paul addresses during the podcast I just did with him. You can only go so long justifying or making excuses, prophetic words and prophecies that don't come to pass. 
I think that there is good intentions behind it. What do you think? Can prophecies be wrong or in error if they're really, truly a prophecy from God? Okay, so that was the video that I posted, and I got some really great comments uh, and feedback uh, from that. Um, most people agreed with me, because I, I didn't really share my opinion in the post, but most people agreed with what I believe, which is that prophecy cannot be false if it's truly from God. Um, I hear what you're saying, Ian, but I, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't even consider that a prophecy. Um, you know, like I, it wouldn't be a prophecy, it would just be something that's not true. Um, that's my opinion, because then, like, then we're getting into the de definition of the word. Um, that's my, that's, like I said, that's my opinion. The Remnant Radio guys are solid. I would love a conversation. Yeah, I want to talk with them. I really do, because they are very, very continuationist. And I don't, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff and uh, they say and a lot of conclusions that they come to, but I appreciate that they're trying to be biblical and they're trying to be, um, you know, at least be introspective and, and willing to receive correction because they, they brought on Dr. Schneider and he is a cessationist and I feel like he was able to refute a lot of their arguments. So, all right, here's my experience with prophecy. All right, because I'll tell you why I'm kind of like neutral on the position. Because um, I have experienced prophecy given to me that was accurate. And I have myself prophesied to people um, at a very young age. I have never told this, this story on the podcast or online or anywhere, really. But like I said, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. A Spanish Pentecostal church and this like the type of environments that you'll see in Bethel or like even the Benny Hinn type stuff. I grew up in that. Like that, those are my formative years. The, the smacking, <laughs> the smacking, the screaming. That's where I grew up uh, since I was like six years old until uh, yeah, until until I went to college. Basically, that's that's the environment I grew up in. Um. So long time, most of my youth was spent in that. Like I said, I, I myself told a prophecy, um, to someone and it was accurate. Uh, and I was like 16 years old when I was in my teen years, when I was in high school, I was super like on fire for God, I guess, you know, very passionate about it, um, about God and very passionate about church and things like that. And I like was filled with the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues. I did. I went to the Toronto revival. Um, and I saw some crazy stuff, you know, that when I came home from that, like I said, like I said, I was super on fire for God. I did all this crazy stuff and they let me preach a couple times in the youth group. And then they let me preach in the main service. And then, you know, I really wasn't preaching much of anything. I was just kind of screaming and they were like, yeah, like I got the people going. They still loved it. I don't, I don't remember what I even preached about, but people loved it. I did an altar call and there was a pregnant lady, um, at the end of the service <laughs> that I walked that everybody, you know, if she was pregnant, she lived, everybody knew her. Um, and she came up and I basically just walked up to her and said, you need to call your son Elijah. And I said that, and it was something that I kind of like wanted to say, and it was also something like within myself that I kind of felt would be cool to prophesy. And I did say that. And she said, after the service, she walked, she came up to me and she said, Matt, I, uh, last night 
we were we my husband and I were were debating what to name our our child because we didn't we don't know if we're having a boy or a girl. So not only not so not only did I tell them the name to name their their son, but I told them the gender of their son, um, as well accurately. And so their boy was born a couple months later, and they named him Elijah. Uh, so yeah, I prophesied. I can't like I said, I can't say whether or not like I was in the spirit or not. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that sounds like. But that was an accurate thing that God used me for. And like it was authentic. It was a real it was the real deal. Okay, that's the prophecy that I did. And I did that when I was 16 years old. Um real real story. Real talk. God used my immaturity to answer a prayer of theirs. Crazy stuff. And I'll never forget that. And, um, okay, so that was the prophecy I did. Back to the prophecy that was done for me. I mentioned this during the podcast, so you might already have remembered this. But when I was an associate pastor of Assemblies of God Church, we had, a, we had an evangelist come to the church. And this was when I was in my like peak reformed uh, cage stage while I was still a pastor of an AG church, an Assemblies of God Church. And... I was contemplating in my heart, like I should need, I should go because obviously I don't agree with um, the theology of this church, and I, I want to make sure that I step down and I, uh, you know, respect what they believe. And so, the evangelist at the end of the service, he's prophesying over people, and he calls me out. He's like, "Stand up, young man!" How they always do. And uh, I stood up, and I was like trying to be respectful. You know, I was I was wanted to listen to him, and and allow him to do his thing, even though I disagreed with everything he was saying. He said, the Lord is going to give you new forms of income. And uh, I think he smacked my head. I'm not, I can't remember. I don't remember falling down. Although, like I said, I have fallen down and I have done all that stuff because I grew up in a, <laughs> I grew up in a Pentecostal environment. So that was normative for me. That was normal. If you weren't getting smacked on the forehead and, and falling down like a tombstone and flopping around like a fish. Like you weren't a real Christian for real. <laughs> that was like the mark of a true Christian. Um, and, and so like, I was used to all that. That didn't bother me. But like in this moment, when I got prophesied over, he said, the Lord is going to give you new forms of income. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, yes. <laughs> because I'm leaving this job. Um, you know, no hard feelings. And I still love them to this day, but it's like, he was right. He was absolutely right. So there's all that to say. I think in spite of ourselves, the Lord uses us to prophesy and to do and to say things through our failed attempts. Um, so the thing is, those were accurate prophecies. Um, those were those were true things. I'm curious, though, how can a, how can it be a prophecy? And this is what, you know, concerns me. For people who say that prophecies can be false, like true prophecies from God can be false because of like man's error. Because this, if you believe that God is true, but it's us who messes up uh, the interpretation of that message, it sets a precedent for what we've seen with like the 2020 election. It sets a precedent for that, where people who are claiming to speak on behalf of God saying, you know, this guy's going to do this and this guy's going to do that and this is this is going to happen in this way, thus saith the Lord. And it's wrong. 
And then they'll say, well, no, you know, it, 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 this, this other things. To me, that just doesn't make sense. Um, it doesn't add up for me. Because if we don't have a standard by which to judge how a prophecy is true, then how do we know which prophecies are true? I mean, obviously, we'll know which prophecies are true because they'll, they'll happen. But we know that they're false when they don't happen. So it's like, it, I think it should be kind of black and white um, in, in a way. That's me. I don't want to be black and white and I don't want, I want to be nuanced in my thinking, but this is like how I feel about this, this, this topic, because if you're allowing people to speak things on behalf of God that are not true, then you set a preface, you put a preface. What am I talking about? Prefacent, uh, Dr. Matt over here with the uh, new English words, <laughs> you set a precedent for people just, you know, saying whatever the heck they want in the name of God. And, um, I, I just, that doesn't sit right with me. And I think scripture says that, you know, f- prophets will be proven true, uh, by prophets of God will be proven true by, by their events coming to pass. I think that's in Deuteronomy. Um, all right. You guys are just asking the most random questions. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some attention. Um, oh, okay. Thanks, Clark. Some guy from the hood. What, what is that? <laughs> some guy from the hood once prophesied to me. At Amazon once, he seemed a little high, but he randomly said he thought I was going to be a preacher, but he didn't know anything about me. That's interesting. Oh, yes. Broken clock. And I wanted to tell those stories, Evan. uh, Evan says broken clocks are right two times a day. I wanted to tell those stories because, like I said, God certainly can use uh, or prophesy through broken people. I, I totally believe that. And because in both of those instances, I believe we were both, you know, motivated. Uh, we had poor motivations. We had wrong motivations. Uh, Ian says, "Sounds hmm, so it sounds like there should be an authority to oversee revelation to investigate the claims made by so-called prophets. I think so. And I think that's what Remnant Radio is doing. I think, like, they encourage people to test prophecies, um, which I think... Uh, those Acts 29 churches do. I think they have something like that. Um, I don't know, man. I, I do want to, I do want to admit that I am jaded for sure. Because like I have, you have to understand guys, like I have almost 30 years of wild off the chain Pentecostal experiences, like decades of it. So, you know, it is a sore subject for me for sure. I'll be real with you guys. Uh, but I want to make sure that I'm believing right. I want to make sure that I'm not uh, like like Paul Oligus. He said, you know, don't hate, don't despise the gifts, um, which that's what scripture also says. So I don't want to do that. Ben says, I think we, I think just like with a lot of spiritual gifts, there needs to be a lot of discernment and wisdom. Hopefully someone there has the gift of discernment. And that's the thing. So like formally, when churches start emphasizing, and this is what the point I was trying to make on the podcast that I did with Paul, when people start emphasizing the gifts and they get hyper fixated on the gifts, uh, what happens is they start just saying things that are very abstract and very ambiguous. And, and they start um, like almost testing the authority of, of scripture. Um, because it's as long as it, in their minds, as long as it's in relation to scripture, and it's not forbidden, then they don't see a problem with it. Um, and there's like two, 
schools of thought that I'm aware of on this that uh, reform theology has put me onto. It's like there's called there's the uh, the normative principle of worship, and then there's the regulative principle of worship. The regulative principle of worship principle of worship means that you everything you do in church is backed up through scripture. Everything. Well, the where the normative principle is like, oh, you do whatever you want. You know, this is not forbidden. I don't care if you ride a motorcycle right through the middle of the of the the church. I don't care if you have a water slide baptism. It's not forbidden. <laughs> It'd be like that. <laughs> It'd really be like that. Uh so I'm I personally, like I like I'm sure you guys already know, like I I I'm trying to veer more towards the regulative side because I grew up most of my life was under the normative principle and it, it gets off the chain. When those environments are in place, it encourages um, all sorts of unrestrained behavior and unrestrained theology. There's so much theology that I never learned, um, even in, you know, in an Assemblies of God uh, college. I'm, not that that's, it's their fault because they, they, were, they were very good teachers. I will, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, my Assemblies of God college that I went to, I love those guys, um, and I learned a lot from them for sure. I I I feel like my mode of thinking is from them. Like they taught me how to think, which um, I'm forever grateful for. But even after that, I feel like I was missing very fundamental fundamental aspects of my theology of God. Um, Hannah says I legit want to experience a prophecy in my life. Ian says. You got to remember, Matt, I grew up Pentecostal too. I was part of the AG for a number of years, even went to NCU. And, and wow, I didn't know that. North Central. Uh, it's okay to be jaded. Probably hidden discernment, maybe. I'm trying to catch up on your comments. I feel you, man, but there's a weird place that the normative stuff is okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess I'll, I will be the devil's advocate. And I'll say, like, missionary work. When, when like, I think the normative stuff helps when you're, like, overseas when you're in different cultures, that's when the normative stuff is, um, I think, more permissible. And here's the thing. Here's, here's the theory that I have about the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God, I, I, will, I will credit them to being boots on the ground, like insane, insanely dedicated mission people, that they're, they are so dedicated to reaching like the entire world. It's all they think about 24-7. And they really mean it, and they really put their money where their mouth is. And so they have missionaries everywhere, all the time. Um, and I think, be, you know, because of that, because of their their uh, very mission-minded approach to, to, to ministry, they have a lot of that normative stuff that it's like, what, you know, what are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you doing? That, like, if you go to a church in, uh, like, Kenya or Nigeria or something like that, you know, they're dancing in the churches. They're getting down. They're getting real down. And that's normal. And they, you know, their music is great. Uh, some of the music that I remember, because like we would have missionaries from from those areas come visit our churches and they would bring amazing music that would get anybody dancing. Um, amazing music. And, uh, and you know that it's like filled with the spirit. It, like, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of that. That's the good side of what they do that I really appreciate. Um, that I wish more like reformed churches would be would be open to. But like this particular topic of saying that prophecy can be an error, I don't I don't know, man. I just I can't vibe with it. Um okay, let me catch up. 
Nothing turned me back to Reformed theology as much as being in some AG churches and sitting there dumbfounded at some things I heard, the hyperfixation on certain gifts and an almost reckless level of emphasis on them. That's such a good description, Ben. That is dope. Yeah, there's a reckless emphasis on on the gifts almost. And I know that their heart is right for the most part. And I know a lot of really good, like Assemblies of God ministers, they are very, very cautious when it comes to these things. And they're much more like balanced in their approach on things. So when I address the AG, I'm addressing more of their fundamental doctrines and their fundamental truths that they uh, assert. They're dis- they call them their distinctives. Um, that's what, you know, that's what I have a problem with. But like, there's so many amazing AG ministers out there. They might even agree with a lot of the stuff I'm saying. They'll be like, yeah, I don't think we can be putting false prophecies out there. I, I, I guarantee you, I know at least a handful. Can you receive prophecy from God himself? Like him talking to you and telling you something because I think I've felt that. Yeah, that's a great, great point, Hannah. So <laughs> my personal conviction now is like, because I still feel as though I can, I can sense God like nudging me towards certain things. Uh, and I still feel like I can be sensitive to God speaking to me. Cause like, you know, that's keep in mind, I grew up in this, in, in this realm where, you know, hearing from God was, was, you just had to do it all the time. You had to hear from him. So I, feel, I still feel as though I'm sensitive to that and I can recognize that in my, in my personal life. Um, however, I feel as though these like, these inner like nudgings, I don't think it's going to be ever like a booming audio voice like, this is God speaking. He's not an opera. What am I? Let me come, let me fix my God voice quick. <laughs> um, this is God. Um, go, don't get the latte. You know, <laughs> I don't know, dude. That's I don't want to be blasphemous or disrespectful, but you know what I'm saying. I don't think it would be like that. Uh, and I definitely want to make more memes about this, where it's like, you know, some guy who has like no chin is like, I want to hear from God, and then I'll do like a giga chad slamming a Bible on the table. Um. I've I've had those I have those memes in my mind that I want to make. But yeah, I think I think that a Christian that is pursuing God and a, a Christian that is like reading their word will will hear God's voice, so to speak, in like daily activities. And so like say they're tempted to like in a mid conversation, you're tempted to say something that you shouldn't. And you'll just feel resistance in going in that direction before you talk. You're like, you shouldn't say that. I think that that's God's voice. I think that's the Holy Spirit. I truly, that's, I truly feel, you know, when the scripture says that he will put his word in your heart, that that's what it means. It's like, it's in your inner being and it's in, it's in there and you don't want to do stuff that's contrary to it. So that's, that's my conviction on that. And I think that most Pentecostal people would agree, except they might take it like a step further and be like, oh, no, 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 I can hear his voice. Like, he'd be talking to me. There's a lady. Okay, there's this lady from the church that I used to be uh, a minister at. I'm not going to say her name, but she was dope. She was like 24-7 on fire. And I'm talking like the type of lady that's like... The internet is more accessible than it's ever been. And with that has come an absolute pandemic of people addicted to pornography. This addiction statistically is affecting Christians and non-Christians alike. It's a problem. 
Porn is a human problem, but Covenant Eyes provides a human solution. Covenant Eyes helps you and the ones you love live porn-free through transformative accountability relationships. With Covenant Eyes, you choose someone that you know and trust to walk with you as your ally and to hold you accountable for your online behavior. Me and my friends use it, and I've seen it firsthand break the bonds of addiction in people's lives. This stuff works. So basically what you do is you download the Covenant Eyes app, it tracks the activity on your devices, and your friend who's your ally gets a victory app which shares your activity feed right to their phone. You and your ally will be able to celebrate victories together and have honest and caring conversations about your successes, setbacks, and triggers. Nothing works better than this. If you struggle with pornography addiction online and you're ready to see some victory in your life, download Covenant Eyes and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Try it out. I've gotten so many success stories from this app, and that's why I'm so happy that they've chosen to sponsor Meme Lord Monday. Again, that's Covenant Eyes. Use the link in the show notes of this episode and use promo code MONDAY for 30 days free. Victory over addiction has never been easier. Oh! Like, yes, Lord! Like, all the time. All the time. And uh, she was great. Pastor loved her because she was just, uh, you know, always doing that stuff. But she'll do that in Walmart. She was so based. All right, Tim. I, okay, Tim says, I got to say, though, AG churches can be so completely different from each other, too. Like extreme Pentecostal to secret sensitive to everything in between. Exactly. Yeah. That, I was trying to say that earlier, Tim. I don't know if you caught that. Love you, Tim. Yeah. Uh, let's just get back to uh, that the subject of, of prophecy and whether or not it could be wrong or not. Um, okay. So the example that the the remnant radio guy gave was the um samuel he gave the example as the example of samuel excuse me um where samuel heard from god and and he went to elijah and was like yes did you call me and elijah was like no go to sleep and this happened three times and he was saying see you can hear from god but not understand how to interpret it or not understand what to do with it um He's saying that like that. He's using that as like a proof text to how we interact with prophecy. And there was some other ones. I know that Dr. Uh, Thomas Schneider, he responded. He's like, well, that's not prophecy. That's just hearing from God. Um, because, you know, hearing from God is one thing, but actually prophesying, you know, in the name of the Lord, like in the Old Testament, thus saith the Lord is what they would say. And it was like, yeah, that's the real deal. That was more God talking because like there's i i think there's an example of that uh with elijah i could be wrong it might be elisha elijah i'm pretty sure it's elijah where god is like showing himself he's revealing himself to him through a bunch of other different things it's like a whirlwind like through a hurricane and then a still and the still small voice that's not prophesying guys i'm sorry remnant radio love you guys but that's not prophesying that's hearing from god and that's god revealing himself to someone in a unique way Similar to the burning bush, similar to God revealing himself in other different ways. I, that's, I wouldn't say that's prophecy. Um, what would be prophecy would be like, and then somebody said in the comments, okay, this is what I wanted to get to. I've been wanting to do this uh, this whole time. Somebody said, King David was like, I'm going to build the Lord's temple. And Nathan was like, sure, go ahead. Do whatever the Lord, you know, no, he, he says, uh, do whatever you want. The Lord is with you is what he says. And then he, he's, he's starting to do it. And then God spoke to Nathan like a huge prophecy and a huge covenant in that prophecy. And he was like, David's not going to build the, uh, the, he's not going to build the temple. And somebody was like, well, see, that's, that's, that's prophecy being corrected. No, because the first thing wasn't a prophecy. 
that doesn't work for me. It, the, like the first thing was just him saying, you know, you're David, God is with you. You know, if, if you'll, you'll go ahead and do it. That's a great, like he was probably commending him for wanting to build the temple because David was like, I'm over here sleeping in the penthouse and the temple of God is in a tent. What's going on here? And and then uh, he was like, I want to build a temple for him. And so it was something that he was doing out of his love for God. And then Nathan was like, yeah, bro, that sounds great. And then God was like, no, and gave like an actual prophecy. That was the actual prophecy. Not the, There was no correction done. Nate made an assumption. And what do we know about assuming things? Oh, my gosh, Josiah. I don't remember if I said this earlier, but the Catholic position is that prophecy, i.e., the de- declarative word from God spoken through designated prophet anointed for the ended with John the Baptist, but private revelations as prophetic words spoken to individuals from the Holy Spirit can and still do happen. Well, yeah, I think Catholics would affirm that because of the, the papal succession too, right, Ian? Like, they believe that the Pope can speak as God's vicar, and they believe that, you know, those who are, uh, uh, those who have attained uh, theosis can also speak on God's behalf, I think, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong. It was an educated assumption, but still, you never know. That's true. But yeah, anyways, I'm still, I'm just, I wanted to share some experiences with you guys as far as like what I've experienced with prophecy, um, my views on it now, why I have those views. And, you know, I am open to the fact that it, 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 it could very well be something that we, like people can misinterpret. Um, I have a, I'll be honest, like, I don't know how even to define the word prophecy. Like, how do I define prophecy? What does it, what does that even look like? Um, as far as like, is it always words of knowledge? I know the reform position is that prof, you know, prophesying now is speaking from scripture, preaching, and God uses that, uh, through his Holy Spirit to speak to people in, in very unique ways. That's what I believe. I mean, I could be wrong. Anyways, I am rambling. Uh, I want to learn more about streaming. I want to hang out with you guys more. Uh, I feel like it's a good time to cut out. And yeah, I'm going to be back every Monday. And hopefully by next Monday, I'll have I'll have some videos to react to with you guys. And I'll have some, uh, co- you know, Christian content creator uh, spotlights to, to bring in here. There's a lot of stuff I want to do with this. I have a lot of learning to do. Also, this is like the first Monday that I haven't been like sick or in excruciating pain for like six weeks. <laughs> I had, I, I got sick. Then I had COVID. And then after I was done with COVID, I had to have surgery on my nose, by the way, your boy breathing lovely right now. I'm breathing so good. I got, I've, I have not breathed this well, uh, for a very, very long time. My, my I had, I had to have my turbinates reduced. And so my, like the things that are on the inside, I think I had like a ton of blockage. I had severe sinusitis. And so they had to go in there and just. Anyways, this was fun, guys. I appreciate you coming out. Uh, it is Meme Lord Monday and it's going to be Meme Lord Monday from now on. Every Monday I'll be here. I'm going to try. Here's my plan. And I guess I'll, I'll, I'll ramble for a little bit longer because I, I want to I like, want you guys to know what's going on in my brain as much as possible. I'm going to be streaming here. I'm going to be streaming uh, in YouTube. And I also want to stream on Twitch. I want to like put, I want to like cross stream eventually. This is my plan. I don't want to turn this to a weekly show where I do weekly things. Um, like there might be weeks that I'll have to take off because you know, I'm a dad and 
not really making money off of this for real. Still going to do interviews. So come come back to uh, the group uh, MLM The Good Kind if you want to uh, see that. I'm, I'm only going to stream interviews live in, in the group, in the Facebook group MLM The Good Kind. Um, but yeah, I'm still figuring stuff out, y'all. Okay? This used to be, everything used to be memes for Jesus. And now I'm making it just me. Um, I'm making it just like who I am and what I like to do. And so I'm trying to niche down and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with this page and what I want to do with this platform that I have now. But I just, I love so many things. I love talking with you guys. I love theology. I love jujitsu. Um, I love memes, obviously. And yeah, I want to know how I can bring all those things together into one thing and then niche down. But for right for now, now I'm just chilling, having fun. And uh, I appreciate all of you guys who, who do support me. Thank you so much. So, so much. Um, it's amazing how many followers I was able to get after stepping down from Memes for Jesus. Um, and yeah, I love you guys. You guys are great. I want to learn from you guys. Uh, that's it. Yeah, we're out of here. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Yo, guys, what's up? Thank you so much for watching or listening. If you got some value out of what I'm doing here on the show, please consider becoming a supporter of Meme Lord Monday. You can do so for as little as $2 a month. And I'm doing all sorts of perks and goodies just for you. If you go to memelordmonday.supercast.com, you can see all the tiers and benefits that I offer. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on Monday.